Good morning and welcome to Ofan's financial results presentation for the first half of 2023. Thank you for joining us today. For today's presentation, let me begin by reminding you the logistics. As we usually do, we would like to spend the first 30 minutes on the presentation and an additional 30 minutes for Q&A. As a reminder, I would like to point out that the results presentation and supplemental Excel information can be found right after the end of the event under the IR section of our website at allfunds.com. This call is being broadcast live and a replay will also be available on our website. For first-time viewers, joining me on today's presentation are Juan Alcaraz, All Funds Chief Executive Officer, and Alvaro Pereira, the company's CFO. Juan and Alvaro will provide a company update as well as an overview of the company's first half 2023 financial results. After our prepared remarks, we will open the call to questions. As it is customary during the Q&A, please limit yourself to one question plus one follow-up. You may get back into the queue if you have additional questions, and for any question that may remain unanswered, the IR team will be at your disposal after the event. With that, I will now hand it over to our CEO, Mr. Alcaraz. Thank you very much, Celia. Good morning to everyone. We are excited to report our first half 2023 interim results. As you might have seen in the statement we have published early this morning, today we also announced that we have reached an exclusivity agreement to acquire the local paying agent business of Icrea Banca in Italy. I'm very excited about this acquisition in the platform space in one of our core markets as it reinforces our leadership position in the Banca correspondent segment. Today, we would also like to announce the start of a 100 million euro share buyback program to repurchase our ordinary shares. Investing in our own shares in this moment creates excellent value for shareholders and is in line with our commitment to return capital to shareholders as part of our capital allocation framework communicated at the time of our IPO. Now, let us focus on the key highlights of this first semester. In the first six months of 2023, we have had a record performance against several operating and profitable metrics. Our AUA have grown by 4% year to date, driven by positive market contribution and continuous client wins. We had, and this is very important, a record half-year revenues of 266 million euros. We have increased our revenue margin to 3.6 basis points, and subscription revenues grew by more than 82% year-on-year. Our adjusted EBDA margin stood at 65% in line with 2023 guidance, and our non-recurring costs below adjusted EBDA are running off in line with expectations, which led also to our record reported EBDA. We have a strong business outlook confirming our full year guidance. The flywheel effect keeps on growing with more than a decade of annual market share gains and there is an extensive room for further increased market penetration. Strong migrations generating more than 20 billion of assets and we expect flows from new customers to accelerate in the second half of the year thanks to a very strong pipeline. Subscription-based revenues are poised for significant organic growth thanks to cross-selling initiatives related to completed M&A and a very strong near-term pipeline. Therefore, we are on track to deliver a full-year 2023 guidance, assuming, of course, a flat market until the end of the year. We remain committed to delivering value to our shareholders. We have progressed with two strategic M&A operations. First, the closing of Main Street in February, 
and today with the announcement of an exclusivity agreement to acquire the banca correspondente business of Icrea Banca in Italy. In addition, and as part of our capital allocation framework that we communicated at the time of our IPO, I am pleased to announce a share buyback program of 100 million euros as we believe there is very material value upside at all funds' current valuation levels. This share buyback evidences all funds' strong and recurrent organic cash flow generation capacity as well as our strong conviction in the company, its future and the fact that our fundamentals are not currently priced in. Now let's do a deep dive of our performance. As you can see, we have achieved AUAs at the end of first half of 2023, 4% above December 2022 levels. The key drivers behind the, these assets growth are mainly a positive market performance and new client migrations, being able to offset outflows from a limited number of clients. We will get into this shortly. We have achieved consistent market share gains throughout the last 10 years, and we aim to continue increasing it. Outside of our control, the penetration of open architecture has declined slightly this year, driven by the current market sentiment and volatility, combined with high base interest rates leading some large distributors to shift some assets into low-risk captive money market and short-term fixed income products. We have high confidence that this is a temporary trend that will reverse again given the fact that the long-term structural trends are intact and risk appetite shall normalize. Within our control, I reiterate that we continue to win a larger share of our time and we see material upside potential across the various asset segments. We follow closely the latest regulation developments which can affect us. In the case of the new retail investment strategy by the European Commission, while it is expected to come into force not before 2026, we see it as a non-event for all funds. The latest draft would have very limited downside impact on all funds, as it would affect less than 1% of our assets, as you will see in the slide that we have included in the appendix. On the contrary, it presents a significant long-term business opportunity to gain market share in key European markets with predominance of retail share classes, as rebates will become less important and distributors will focus more on the overall value proposition of the different platforms, something that should benefit all funds' unique one-stop solution business model. In perspective, all funds' AUA growth is consistently outperforming all market indexes, thanks to open architectural penetration in wealth management, outsourcing penetration across the fund distribution industry, and our client wins. All this is helping all funds to consolidate our place as market leader in Europe. As I have said before, all funds has experienced outflows from existing customers during, especially during Q2 of 2023. However, more than half of the outflows are explained by a large client in Switzerland. The revenue impact of these outflows are in any case very limited. Revenues associated to this client currently represent around 3.5% of our total net revenues. The remaining outflows were concentrated in less than a handful of large distributors who are moving the least risky assets away from open architecture funds to captive funds. Again, the revenue impact of these assets is also very limited. Outside exceptional situations in Spain, Italy and Switzerland, we continue to experience inflows from existing clients throughout Europe and the rest of the world. Migrations from new clients have continued to be strong, which underpin the strength of our franchise. 
During the first half of 2023, we onboarded 31 new clients, which represent more than 20 billion of new assets, and we see material upside, no? as I said before. We continue to make new clients wins all around the world, as you can see. Almost half of the new clients come from Asia, while capturing significant share from our competitors, helping us to diversify our distributors' base. As a result, we have managed to significantly reduce the weight of our four strategic partners with exclusivity agreements, as you will see in the slide in the appendix, and we expect this to continue uh, to, to over time. We believe that one of the key competitive advantages and one of the most difficult ones to replicate for our competitors is our flywheel effect, which remains as strong as ever. We continue to win new distributors and onboard new fund houses, which in turn make our asset base grow and turn them into even stickier customers and lead to an increasingly more diversified client base. We have a strong one-stop platform supported by best-in-class proprietary technology with a unique and attractive revenue model with two new additions in this uh, first half of the year, ESG and alternatives. But let me give you an update uh, on some of these new initiatives. I'm proud to announce that this year we launched our alternatives platform solution. As I said previously, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, in the first quarter uh, update, this is the most relevant project we have this year. We are also boosting our subscription-based revenues with a robust value proposition for both distributors and fan houses. And we continue leading the innovation, promoting the further adoption of our blockchain technology by the industry. Finally, we have successfully launched our fund hosting services within our Manco, which is gaining very good traction. I would like now to spend a little bit more of time in two of these initiatives. The key reason why we are devoting a lot of focus on alternative funds is because it is a massive and tapped revenue opportunity for all funds. Alternative funds is a large asset pool in Europe, between two to five trillion assets from European retail investors with higher growth than other asset management segments and lower asset AUM volatility. It fits perfectly with all funds' strategy to be a one-stop shop for distributors and fund houses as they are currently focused on growing in alternatives too. The financial case is also very strong because all funds' alternatives have the highest, uh, or alternatives have for all funds, you know, the highest platform service margin. We have uh, launched two initiatives to tap into this opportunity. Uh, all funds alternative solutions, which is the platform, the new platform that we have created, and the all funds private partners program. And we are extremely proud to report on the early adoption of some of the top global alternative fund houses, as they consider all funds their ideal partner to access this opportunity in Europe. Regarding uh, subscription-based revenues, uh, we have been focusing heavily on expanding our subscription revenue-based pool. We have been successful so far implementing a double strategy of organic growth and selective M&A. We have increased our subscription revenues by more than 80% following the integration of latest acquisition, no? like for instance, Main Street last uh, February. And we have completed a fully integrated product suite offering to our WealthTech platform. As a result, we are increasing and diversifying by region our pipeline, and we are expanding through all our growth levers. I strongly believe that all funds is an extremely attractive investment case supported by this 
four pillars that you see in this slide. We believe to the extent that we are launching a 100 million euros buyback that investing in our own stock creates excellent value for our shareholders. With that, let me now hand it over to Alvaro, our CFO. Thank you. Thank you, Juan, and good morning, everyone. I will now run you through the key financial figures and explain the main underlying drivers of this solid performance. As you can see on this slide, we have delivered solid financial results combining high growth, high margin, profitability, and high cash flow conversion. In H123, the company delivered record net revenues of 266 million euros, an adjusted EBITDA margin of 65% in line with our guidance, and an 83% pre-tax cash conversion. We'll have a chance to look at these metrics in detail in a couple of minutes, but before we do that, let's pause on slide 18 and take a quick look at the unaudited income statement for the first half of 23. Compared to the previous six months, net revenues increased by 13%, thanks to the contribution from both platform and subscription revenues. Our adjusted EBITDA grew by 6%, and the reported EBITDA by almost 25%, driven by significant one-off cost reduction of almost 50%, which we remain committed to continue reducing further going forward. Focusing on the bottom line, our adjusted profit after tax is up 3% to 104 million euros, increasing our adjusted EPS from 0.16 to 0.17 euros per share. Let's now deep dive into the details behind this resilient performance. Turning our attention to revenues, you'll see that the company has been able to grow across both platform and subscription services. In H1, net platform revenues increased by 14% compared to the second half of last year, benefiting from the sustainable contribution of net treasury income. This revenue line has become a natural hedge against impact from asset rotation into less risky, lower margin assets. The sources of this revenue are stable customer funds that are sent to all funds in connection with their transactional activity, uh, i.e. subscription and redemption of funds and which we invest daily in low-risk investment products. More than 70% of cash balances are placed daily at central banks and the remaining in overnight deposits and cash accounts of highly rated financial institutions. We consider this revenue line not only stable, but also highly diversified, as cash balances come from over 1,500 counterparties, both fund houses and distributors, obviously. At the same time, subscription revenues grew by 4% half-on-half, and we now see significant organic upside following the acquisition of Main Street. Shifting our attention to margins, I would like to highlight that our business has demonstrated margin resilience, increasing our total net platform revenue margin from 3.2 basis points to 3.6 basis points ahead of the guidance provided. Platform service margin increased 0.7 basis points from 4.4 bips to 5.1 basis points. At the beginning of this year, we experienced a cost rebasement driven by extraordinary causes, which we flagged to you back in February, namely a rebasement of the variable compensation, which should return to a normalized level in 2023 after a, the adjustment of a very challenging 2022. Secondly, the consolidation of Main Street Partners' cost base, which was acquired at the beginning of this year. Third, a moderate impact of inflation. And finally, some incremental costs to serve the BNPP assets once the transfer of all operations to our system was completed. Subsequently, we have terminated all transition service agreements, and you can already see a significant improvement below the line. As a result, adjusted personal expenses and SG&A expenses stood at 57.2 and 38.7 million euros, respectively. Like-for-like -like headcount decreased from 1,031 employees as of the end of last year 
to 1,006 employees as of June, mostly driven by synergies and efficiency programs launched. Additionally, 41 employees were consolidated into the group following the Main Street acquisition. So in summary, 2023 is a year of rebasement, but we expect the cost structure to remain stable going forward and to benefit from the operating leverage that the company has, while of course keeping investing in future growth and revenue diversification. So even despite the cost rebasement and the new M&A, which was onboarded at the lower average adjusted EBITDA margin, we were able to deliver high profitability in line with our guidance of mid-60s, while also growing our adjusted EBITDA by 6%. In fact, if you look at H1 2020, the compounded annual growth rate is actually 11%. As stated earlier this year, we expect adjusted EBITDA margin to progressively improve over time, trending towards 70%. As highlighted in previous slides, all funds has a strong cash flow and capital generation capacity. This is a real differentiator of our business model, especially in the current environment, as we can fund our innovation investments organically and comply with our capital allocation, as described at the time of the IPO. As you can see on this slide, we have consistently delivered on our capital allocation policies since then, and we are committed to continue doing so through ordinary dividends, 20 to 40% payout, accretive <coughs> M&A, and finally, additional shareholder distributions. On the M&A front, we continue to monitor the market for any value-creative bolt-on M&A opportunities, both in the traditional platform business and in our software and data analytic business. In our platform business, we are interested in targets which fill specific regional gaps and or are margin accretive, like the transaction we announced today. Finally, regarding the additional shareholder distributions, we have announced the launch of a 100 million euro share buyback which evidences often strong and recurrent cash flow generation capacity, as well as our strong conviction in the company and its future. In addition to our high cash flow and capital generation capacity, we currently benefit from low leverage, with a pro forma net debt to last 12 months adjusted EBITDA ratio below 0.5 times, even pro forma for the e acquisition. This provides us with additional flexibility to continue delivering on our capital allocation policy, including strategic M&A. And since we're talking about M&A, let's move to the next slide and have a quick look at the latest strategic deal that we have announced today. As you heard from Juan, we're in exclusive negotiations and have signed an MOU to acquire the Banca Correspondente business of ICREA, together with a long-term agreement. Through this acquisition, we consolidate our leading position in Banca Correspondente and partner up with one of the largest financial institutions in Italy, where we see strong growth potential and cross-selling opportunities. This acquisition has an attractive financial profile with low incremental cost, low integration risk, and low execution risk. The transaction is subject to a signing final legal documentation, uh, which will happen in Q3, and closing before the year end. And finally, before we turn to Q&A, we wanted to share our views on the potential outlook for the remaining of 2023. Today, we confirmed the guidance that we provided in February for the full year. For the rest of the year, we keep the same assumption of flat market performance from current levels onwards. In terms of migrations, as uh, Juan already mentioned, we maintain the range of 40 to 60 billion for the full year. And regarding flows from existing clients, we expect a gradual recovery, although delayed, versus what we were initially expecting in February. As a result, we expect to end 2023 with approximately 1.4 trillion AUA, and on that basis, we are able to confirm the targets that we announced in February. Thank you very much for your attention, and let me hand it back to Juan for final remarks. 
Thank you very much, Alvaro. I would like to take this opportunity to highlight the strength of our business. We operate in an industry with external factors that are beyond our control, but we believe that these do not impact the long-term prospects of all fans and the attractiveness of our franchise. We grow, we adapt, and we keep on winning market share. This company and this management team have a long-term vision which will lead to our client success and value creation for our stakeholders. Thank you very much for your attention, and let's open Q&A now. Thank you very much. Thank you, Juan. Thank you, Alvaro. Let's move on to questions next. Uh, Helen, can you please proceed with the first one, and including name and company of the caller? Absolutely. So we'll now into our Q&A session. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypad. Our first question comes from Tom Mills from Jeffries. Tom, your line is now open. Please go ahead with your question. Oh, good morning, guys. Thanks very much for the uh, for the detail in the presentation there. Um, I'm just interested in the uh, in the acquisition that you made this morning. I mean, it looks it looks pretty attractive. Um, could you just talk maybe a little bit more about the uh, potential accretion that you could get coming from uh, that deal, and, uh, and and just talk about the the potential upside you see there, and perhaps could you also pack on just um, how you might see uh, transaction revenues uh, performing in the second half if we get a slightly more benign environment, given the, um, the, the the sort of softer one in the first half. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, Alvaro, do you want to sure. cover this one? Yeah, hi, Tom. So, uh, given uh, we have not uh, signed the final documentation yet, we are uh, only able to disclose what you see on, 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 the, on the slide. Um, we've said uh, it's a 10 to 12 billion AUA uh, business with, with uh, north of 10 million uh, revenues, um, EBITDA margin accretive, and uh, EPS uh, accretive since year one. Uh, of around 2%. Um, with regards to, to transaction revenues, um, as you know, uh, H1 was, was a, a very weak uh, half. Um, as of today, we, we don't have any signs uh, of, of uh, recovery uh, on, on the second half. And in fact, what we have assumed for purposes of, of the confirmation of the guidance that we provided today uh, is that we will continue seeing that let me call it weak uh, transaction level, uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're proven wrong and, and we <laughs> and we uh, yeah, a more attractive transaction level towards the end of the year. Thank you. Yeah, just to add to what Alvaro, Alvaro mentioned regarding Ecrase, that for us it's not just you know a deal with this uh, great Italian financial institution regarding Banca Correspondente. You know, is that a, it's a partnership you know with. Uh, with the second largest no, Italian financial institution when we talk about number of, of branches. No? And the third, fourth um, Italian financial institution when we talk about assets. No? So we are really proud no, of partnering with them. No? Thanks very much, Juan. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Fernando Gilgio from Best in Fernando, if your line is now open, please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my questions. Um, um, just uh, a question on on the buyback. Um, I wonder if you can provide a little bit of feedback about the timing and details on the buyback. I don't know if you can hear me. 
Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay, and the second question will be on the AUA exposed to execution only and the regulation. I think you mentioned the date um, when um, the company will have this little impact, but I didn't get it. If you can repeat that, would be great. Thank you very much. Alvaro, do you want to cover the server back? I yes, sure. I've the so the uh, <coughs> timing that we are um, envisaging is a roughly 12 to 15 months uh, program. Uh, of course, given the liquidity levels that we have uh, seen in, in the last few months, um, we might uh, yeah, see, let's say, the first uh, tranche of this uh, 100 billion buyback program um, being completed, hopefully ahead of, of, of the, the year end um, with the remaining uh, uh, remaining uh, tranche uh, completed in, in, the, in the following uh, following uh, yeah, probably four, four or five months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and regarding this, uh, the rebate impact no, that we were mentioning before, no, uh, I, I don't know if you can see the slide, no, but I think it explains... Uh, I think it explains um, well, uh, pretty well no? uh, the potential impact again. Eh? Uh, we, we still need to, to see no, what finally happens. No? But, uh, but today, uh, Revit represents, uh, as you can see, no, uh, a very small portion. And, and when, you, when you analyze that Revit no, uh, component, uh, the part that is related to just execution only, without advice, just execution only, it's, um, it's really, really small, no? Uh, it's that 1%, no, that, that we, uh, that we uh, comment, no, in, in the slide, no? But again, uh, this is something that, as you know, they are still discussing, and, uh, but, well, we, I, I thought or we thought that it was good just to, uh, well, to, to give you a first uh, idea that if, uh, if this happens, let's say, tomorrow, the impact, no, um, uh, would be... Uh, absolutely insignificant, no? Uh, next. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Alex Metter from Barclays. Alex, your line is now open. Please go ahead. Uh, yeah, morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for taking my questions and thanks for the detail on the presentation. Um, a couple of questions on the revenue margin, the platform margin, if that's all right. Um, firstly, I mean, it looks like the platform margin excluding NI has, has sort of stayed flattish or ticked down in the period, uh, despite sort of the, the mix of equities sort of increasing a little bit. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you expect that excluding NI platform margin to develop? Uh, mindful also of the potentially supportive impacts of the LPA acquisition and um, any growth you get in the alternative solution product. And then a follow-up, can you scale out what you think the potential NI for the second half and beyond is? Thank you. Thank you very much. Alvaro, you want to cover? Sure. Um, so let me start with, the, uh, with your last uh, question, Alex. Uh, with regards to NII and assuming the current... Um, interest uh, forecast, uh, we, uh, we think we can uh, repeat what you've seen in, in the first half. Uh, so ending the year around 50 to 60 potentially million uh, year contribution from, from uh, net interest or net treasury income. Um, with regards to margin, you're, you're absolutely correct, Alex. We've seen um, uh, 
very stable margin, uh, excluding the net treasury income contribution. Um, and it has been, uh, as you correctly spotted, a mix of uh, some positive contribution from, uh, from the mix. Uh, however, uh, not, as, uh, not as positive as we uh, initially expected. Um, and hence, uh, we remain, let's say, uh, cautious for, for the second half of the year. And we're not assuming any, any improvement uh, on that front. Uh, however, of course, uh, as you know uh, well, uh, in, the, in the more I mean, uh, years ahead or, or even months ahead, uh, we, we do expect a, a, an improvement on, of, of that margin uh, of that revenue mix um, or that asset mix, sorry, that uh, should result in, a, in an improvement in, in margin. No? Um, and in the, in the medium term, I think that the, including the, the net treasury income um, the, the right uh, postcode is, is around, let's say, 3.4, 3, 3.5 uh, basis points. Um, in the long run, uh, we, we reiterate the 3.3, the, the potentially 3.4 no, level that uh, we always talked about no, since, since the IPF. Right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Our next question comes from Greg Simpson from BNP Paribas Exchange. Greg, your line is now open. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, morning, and thank you for the slides. Some useful things in there. Um, can I just check on the, on the large Swiss distributor? What was the messaging? It was three and a half percent of revenue. So if I use the H1 revenue, that's um, that would imply I think nine million and a half or eighteen million. I just wanted to check that that kind of magnitude, and if it's possible to update on what the latest kind of AUA with that uh, distributor is. I, I think 100 was the last figure. Yeah. Uh, and this, the follow-up is uh, the messaging on on slide 21 of expenses remaining relatively stable going forwards. Uh, so is that suggesting you're seeing that the H1 cost base uh, annualised as a good run rate level? Um, you know, what what is driving that? That because uh, in the past you have seen quite a lot of kind of cost growth as you've been. Investing for growth. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Um, so, with regards to this uh, Swiss client, um, just for full transparency, the, the three and a half uh, percent uh, refers to the um, run rate number. So, it's not H1. It's it's uh, run rate uh, revenue contribution uh, as of uh, the end of uh, as of June. Mm-hmm. Um, we we cannot disclose uh, anything around AUA, but I think you can. Run a good proxy of, of uh, how much that uh, represents uh, these days. Um, and again, to us, uh, the important thing is, uh, as Juan was mentioning, is, is the, the very small relative weight no, of, of this uh, specific client as, as of today. Um, and and uh, with regards to to the, the cost base. We are uh, expecting uh, to, uh, to meet the, the guidance that, or the outlook that we uh, shared back in February in terms of uh, EBITDA margin, uh, and so that suggests uh, stabilization of, of cost. Um, we, as you know, uh, have uh, say a heavy amount of, of a large amount of, of fixed, uh, fixed cost, a fixed cost component, which are uh, plugged into our, into our H1 numbers. And, um, well, we, we uh, expect to, to cons- well, go back to, to scaling no? and, and after this 2023 year rebasement that uh, I talked about earlier, uh, we think we can continue 
growing the platform at, at uh, I would say, a marginal uh, cost increases, um, excluding, of course, uh, any M&A uh, contributions that will impact the, the, the overall profile of the, of the company, of the P&L, uh, slightly different, no? depending on, on the type of the uh, acquired business. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, huge no, uh, cost control, um, and you know, and, and what we expect these uh, future increases, uh, the cost side will will come, uh, yes, through M&A. Okay, so um, the company that we have today, the platform that we have today, uh, you know, should be a extraordinary control. I mean, the cost should be extraordinary control under control, um, and any significant increase in, in cost will come from M&A which, of course, will, as Alvaro said, no, if that is the case, we, it will completely change you know, the, the overall profile of the company. Uh, just perhaps a final comment around that, Greg. Remember that we need to triangulate revenue diversification with um, revenue growth and profitability, right? So that's how we look at uh, our margin and going forward. Thank you. Our next question comes from Ian White from Autonomous Research. Ian, your line is now open. Please proceed to your question. Hi, morning. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, one follow-up uh, and one, uh, one new question, please. Uh, just on this, uh, the, the largest Swiss distributor uh, who's mentioned on, uh, on slide eight, I just wanted to check, is the, this, this revenue contribution, the 3.5% run rate, does that reflect the, the entire group uh, for this distributor, because my understanding is um, uh, this company actually has you know, substantial business in uh, Switzerland as well as uh, overseas. So is what we're seeing here, that 3.5%, the total contribution of that group uh, to all funds. I just want to make that clear. Uh, and I guess I'm just trying to square that with the, um, the, the allocation of, um, of, of all funds shares that were made to, say, Credit Suisse, uh, at the time of the InvestLabs acquisition. That, that 3.5% just seems a much lower number than I think a lot of us um, might have otherwise expected. So, so just, just hoping to make that a little bit more explicit, please, if possible. Um, and my, um, my other question, I'm just keen to understand um, any pass-through uh, of interest rate upside that you, you're providing to clients as we sit today uh, and whether there's any colour from those client conversations you might be able to share with us around um, whether or not uh, you might start passing on uh, some or more of that interest rate upside uh, over the next year, 18 months. Thank you. Okay, I will cover the first part. Uh, so, very quick answer. Yes, it's uh, global. So, it's not just uh, Switzerland. Okay. And it's uh, all the revenues uh, related to all the open architecture business of this client. Okay. So, yes. So, I'm... I'm well, glad uh, that it surprises you that it's not so significant. That's probably is good news, <laughs> because as you know, we are obsessed with uh, uh, diversification, and it's, it's always good not to uh, not to have all the eggs in in the same basket. No. Yeah. And hi, and, and with regards to the uh, pass-through, um, as I explained earlier, the, the monies that we receive from banks are or from from our clients, both fund houses and distributors is purely related to their operational activity, right? So they're not leaving any excesses on, on, our, on our balance sheet. So uh, it is very stable, it is very diversified. And 
Of course, we've got some inbound calls from, from clients checking in and wondering whether uh, we were sharing uh, some of the, of, of the yield. But uh, as you can understand, given we're talking about uh, operational cash, um, we're, not, uh, we're not in a position to, uh, to sharing uh, any, any economics. Thanks very much. Thank you. As a final reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on the telephone keypad. We'll now take our next question from Andrew Lowe from that city. Please go ahead. Andrew, your line is now open. Um, hi, guys. Just um, following up on that last question, um, I, I wondered if it was possible to just provide a bit more detail about what the client cash balance is are at the moment and, um, and how they've evolved throughout the first half of the year um, and then uh, as a quick follow-up, um, you know, what do you think the um, balances are likely to do uh, beyond this year? Thanks. Hi, Andrew. So on, on cash balances, uh, it has been relatively stable throughout uh, this first half. Uh, we've seen a, a low I think it was around Feb, March, uh, in connection with the uh, U.S. Um, banking situation. Uh, but it has picked up since, and uh, we are at around 1.6-plus uh, uh, cash balances. Uh, of course, it, it varies and changes ev every day, as it is linked to, to the uh, operation of, of, our, of our clients. Uh, but we don't expect any, any material um, variation versus what we've seen so far. And sorry, because I, I'm not sure I picked your last uh, question. Would you mind uh, repeating that, Andrew? Oh, it, it, it was just on the outlook, but I think you've... Okay, that. excellent. You expect that to be stable going, going yeah, forward. Indeed. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, of course, um, just to be clear, we expect stabilization with the existing clients, but as the company grows and new clients are brought into the platform, we expect that baseline to go up, obviously, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. There are no further questions on the line, so I'll now hand back to Sylvia for any further questions. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it has been a pleasure to host you on this interim results presentation, and let me wish you all a well-deserved summer break, and see you next quarter with our trading update. Goodbye.